Hello, podcast listeners. Yakko Warner here. And you know what the only podcast we listen to in the Water Tower is? You guessed it, the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Good night, everybody. And it's same with Michael J. Fox. If I'm doing Michael J. Fox, I just think a little more nasal. And, and, and I just, whoa, 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 Doc, Doc, you don't just walk into a store and get plutonium. Did you rip that off? You know, and so you just kind of exaggerate yourself. The trick with those voices that are uh, David Spade, Michael J. Fox, Ron Howard, all of them, they're very close to my regular voice. So they're harder because they are so close because I don't want to slip into me. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. We always have time. You always have time. Not always. But yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Jamie always has time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lead in with that. Um, people won't know what that means. And no, I'm going to play the whole thing. Creepy. I'm going to play oh. the whole thing. This is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Um, you can find us on Twitter at the GBB podcast, facebook.com slash the GBB podcast. And we're right here, wherever you got us from today. Welcome to the show. Welcome yeah. in. Welcome. I wish I could do voices like James Arnold Taylor. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> I wish like, I could do anything. When we, we like, just got off the phone with him and, you know, like when he's talking about doing it, he's like, yeah, it's just you go into this place and you do it. And yeah, it's so simple, man. I'm going to do it. I'll yeah, do it. I've, I've seen, I, I mentioned that I saw his, you know, a truncated version of his one man show right. at Star Wars Weekends, but it's on YouTube. You can go find uh, many portions of it. He also did a TED Talk, which was mm-hmm. a, a variation of it. And he does that. He talks about how, you know, you can just pitch up your voice or pitch down your voice. And mm-hmm. as he does it, like he goes into famous voices, you know, yes. so he'll go from like Christopher Walken to Robert De Niro to Al Pacino. And it's just like, it's amazing because if you close your eyes, right. it's, it's the those people talking it's not him doing all the voices so it's like impressions i think is one of the things that i, I mean i i'm impressed with people who can draw I'm right impressed with people me who too can paint but i think impressions is like yep. that's not something you can really learn i think you know you can learn how to draw you can learn how to paint maybe yep. not crazy well but i don't think that you can really learn impressions that's just something that you're getting you know you have you know? to be able to like they just hear it. Some of them just hear it and they can go right into it. Like that's a yeah. gift. <laughs> like you, you can't just, uh, I mean, gift from the cosmos, I guess. It, it really is. It really is. It's so, unreal. So we just got off the phone with James Arnold Taylor and it was a really fun interview. And he actually even makes a announcement during our podcast, <laughs> which is pretty cool. We have the exclusive on that. Are you going to clickbait them? Yes, you gonna totally. Just, They're oh, going to have to listen okay. to it. 100%. <laughs> and we're yeah. not going to tell you where it no, is. No, no, no. You, you can't just click around looking for you it. You need to listen to the whole thing. And, and it's a big one. If you're a fan of James Arnold Taylor, it's a big... I promise. <laughs> it's not one of those... It's, it's a clickbait that delivers. It's not a you're not going to believe it. You, you're going to be... It's a cool yeah. announcement. 
And if you think that it's not a cool announcement or that it doesn't deliver, you can find Justin yeah. online at... <laughs> yeah, at 140JustinC. Send your there hate you go. Mail. You could send him hate tweets. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go play that interview for you right now. James, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, sure. Been a fan of your work for a long time, which goes back a long time, so it's not really that big of a surprise. <laughs> um, much of your career, though, uh, has been built on impressions, obviously, which uh-huh. are notoriously difficult to do well. I'm just curious <laughs> when you first knew that you had a gift for them. Um, you know, I knew at a young age that I wanted to do all of this. Uh, at four years old, I started doing voices and impressions and pretty quickly after I'd say probably by the time I was seven, I knew that I had a knack for imitating people and imitating, uh, characters and such Bugs Bunny and, and the like, of course it was, it was a little kid doing it, but uh, it was, uh, (laughs) there was still definitely people were going, Hey, that, that kid's good. So I was doing like Howard Cosell and Humphrey Bogart and James Cagney and all these that all of your listeners are going, who are those people? Yes. So, uh, it wasn't until I was about uh, probably 11, 12 years old where I started really doing shows uh, for my friends and things at school and such where people went, wow, this this guy's really got something. And then when I was 16, I started doing stand-up comedy. And uh, in my act, I did a lot of impressions. And so uh, that part is uh, has been around ever since. And it's just stuck with me. I just have always had kind of this ear for it. I can picture the person and then I... I hopefully become them the best I can. Wow. 16 doing stand up. That had to be pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it was in the 1980s. Again, I'm dating myself, but uh, in the 80s, uh, in the mid 80s, everybody wanted to be a stand up comic. So uh, you had just this kind of mad rush for it all. But I had been wanting to do it since I was a little kid. Steve Martin was my hero in that world. And, uh, so I aspired to do that. So I had been working on an act since I was 12. So the first time I went into a club, it was this, uh, open mic night and it was this literal hole in the wall kind of place. And, uh, in my hometown of Santa Barbara and they had open mic night. It was mainly for bands, but I called and said, well, would you let a comedian go on? And they said, well, yeah, the owner's birthday is tonight. So if you do some stuff about him kind of roast him, uh, then we'll do it. I said, okay, great. So here I was this little kid, 16 with the, you know, the, the skinny tie and the converse and the jacket with the sleeves pushed up and, you know, just trying to so be a 80s, funny guy. I love yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, did my act and it was, I, I kid you not, there were biker guys with like the biker leather jacks, like from the Terminator with dark sunglasses on in a club <laughs> at night <laughs> watching me and i was like wow if i can make these guys laugh i can make anybody laugh and i did and that was pretty good and i made the uh the club owner laugh too so that was a good thing and i sang happy birthday to him as bill murray from the old saturday night live lizard lounge lizard thing so it was fun i you know i always say that if i had had a bad crowd that first night who knows what i would have you know if i would have pursued it but uh i had i had good crowds right off the bat and i really had a good time did that club continue to do uh, comedy or did they say, oh, it was a one time thing. We're done. <laughs> uh, they did some from time to time, but uh, there was a place down the street that opened up not too long after. And I went uh, ended up doing that. I became a DJ when I was 17. I got into radio at the local rock station and that helped me get more comedy gigs mm. because I was a DJ. So I could talk about <laughs> the I could promote the clubs and then say, and I'll be there doing stuff. And so I would uh, 
host comedy nights and things with wow. us. So I got to work with all sorts of wonderful comedians from the eighties from, uh, just, you know, all these Jerry Seinfeld, I got to open for him. And, uh, we had Bruce baby man bomb, who was really big back then. And Stephen Wright and, uh, Oh gosh, uh, so many different people, but uh, a lot of fun. Uh, did your impressions ever get you in trouble when you were young? <laughs> you know, I, I've been asked that a couple times, and I know, I guess it never occurred to me that uh, I could use them for evil instead of good. <laughs> so, so no, I never really used them like that. It wasn't until I, I was doing work for ABC. I was the voice of ABC for uh, a while back, back in the first part of my career, and they knew I did Michael J. Fox's voice doubling, and so they had me call the president of the promo department and fire him as Michael J. Fox because Spin City was really big back then. <laughs> and and I was like, guys, this is really mean. So anyway, but but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, I'm really interested because you started your show business career at a really young age. I mean, you yeah. you grew up in. I mean, Santa Barbara is not that far from L.A., so it's like you grew right. up in that environment. But did you get a lot of support? I mean, it's a, it's a really hard industry to go into, especially when you're just a teenager and sort of figuring things out on your own. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I grew up with a, a single mom raising my, my, myself and my older brother and sister. And so I, I didn't, I never knew my father. Actually, there's a whole story to that, that I just recently found out in, uh, about four years ago. And that, um, I, the person I thought was my father my whole life was was not. And my real father was actually an entertainer and uh, made his living with his voice and uh, wow. did radio and hosted TV events. Nobody that anybody would know, you know, he wasn't a, a known name uh, except for outside of the town that he was from. But uh, interesting to find that I did the same thing. So it was it was literally in my DNA. And uh, nobody else in my family, actually, because growing up, I was very different from my brother and sister, never looked like them. I always wondered why I was so different and uh, why I liked all these things that, uh, you know, they were like into sports and stuff. So uh, but but everybody was always very supportive of me. My my big brother always took really good care of me and, you know, kept the bullies away. So um, <laughs> and my sister, too. So it was uh, there's plenty of support there and then support within the community, I think people like the fact that there was this young kid, you know, um, doing all this stuff. I was, I was from Santa Barbara. And so I became a DJ at the big station there. And I think people enjoyed the fact that this kind of this local kid, you know, making it good. And, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a great time. You know, it was the eighties were a magical time. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I mean, over the years though, since then, since that time until now, you've done hundreds of voices. Um, yeah. And, and you've done, you know, impressions. You've done existing voices that you had to mimic somebody who started it before you. And you've had to come up with your own voices for brand new characters. What is right. different in your approach between and among mm. those different different types of voices that you have to do? Mm, that's, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I think the thing that is the answer to it is kind of funny is that I don't think about it much. I just try to kind of become them. And that's kind of the key. Uh, I think a lot of people really try, you know, you're really trying to get a voice or you're trying to create something. And the less you try and the more you let it kind of come out of you and happen, the easier it is. Well, I can give me an example, Ron Howard. I did his voice for the show arrested development when he wasn't available. I would mm. fill in for him. Okay. And, my agents came to me and said, could you do Ron Howard's voice? And I said, ah, I don't think so. I don't think so. They said, well, give it a try. So I spent the day trying 
And and then the next morning I woke up and it just kind of hit me. I thought, well, his voice is very similar to my voice and I'm trying too hard. And so so if you just kind of take my voice and just make it a little more folksy and friendly and you just you just don't think about it that much, then you find Ron Howard's voice is right there and you go, <laughs> well, it's not all that different from James's voice. So I went, oh, okay, you know, and the same with Michael J. Fox. If I'm doing Michael J. Fox, I just think a little more nasal. And, and, and I just, whoa, 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 doc, doc, you don't just walk into a store and get plutonium. Did you rip that off? You know? <laughs> and so you just kind of exaggerate yourself. The trick with those voices that are uh, David Spade, Michael J. Fox, Ron Howard, all of them, they're very close to my regular voice, so they're harder because they are so close because I don't want to slip into me, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, those are, those are the keys. So people go, oh, Fred Flintstone, that's got to be hard. It's like, no, it's so far removed from me, it's easy to, right. yeah, but damn, but do to just talk like this the whole time. You know, it's just, you, you fall into it. Gilbert Gottfried, oh, sure, I can just scream like this all the time. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> so easy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, of all the characters you've voiced, are there any yeah. that you wish had gotten more exposure or that you could have worked on, worked with more? Ah. Oh, wow. Um, gosh, yeah, I know there are. Uh, <laughs> just trying <laughs> to think of which ones. You know, the ones that um, that I enjoy doing and I do quite a bit of, but I don't think people would know, is uh, like Jay Baruchel. So I don't know if you guys know Jay Baruchel. He oh, was, yeah. of course, Pick, in Pick Up. Uh, Hiccup from How to Train yep, a Dragon. Right. So uh, I have actually voiced more Hiccup than Jay has. What? Uh, wow. be yeah, because I've done all the video games except for maybe one or two. Wow. And all the toys, the rides in various places. And then the TV show or the Netflix show, I record all of his lines before he records them. And then he goes back in. So I do his scratch for that. So I've recorded every episode of How to Train Your Dragon, the TV show as well as all the games and all that. So I do Jay's voice when Jay can't do it. And one day they uh, they said, Jay, we need to replace this right here. And he said, well, what's wrong with it? They said, it's not you. And he went, wow, that guy's good. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that it's funny. It's funny you say that because I, when the Netflix show was first coming out, I was yeah. actually out at DreamWorks when they were talking about it. And I went out for a, a, ah. me, a media thing. And that was, they were first announcing it. So we didn't know who was coming back from the films and which voices right. were going to be there. So I had asked, you know, who from the films was going to be back. And they said, Jay is going to be doing Hiccup because he has said that like, as long as he is alive, nobody else will ever do Hiccup's voice. So this is very interesting <laughs> that you're saying this. <laughs> That's funny. I never, I never heard that. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, he, uh, he has, has done him. But again, like most of the games, it's me. I'm him and I'm fish legs in a lot of the games. So wow. Christopher Min's Place. So I do uh, uh, fish legs as well. So if I'm doing hiccup talking to fish legs, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, 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 you know, it's, uh, it's right there. So I'm, I'm their little secret. So, uh, but he, I won't tell. No. Yeah. We won't tell anyone. Yeah. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> what, I mean, what was the, the hardest voice for you to get? I mean, are there just characters that you can't do or, or is there a range that you just can't get to? Sure. So there are, there's voices that, you know, naturally all of us either can or can't get to. And I, in my stage show, I do talking to myself. Uh, you can see at the end of the show, I run through about 120 voices and you can see it on YouTube too. There's a version of it, an old version of it on YouTube. Uh, that's, um, 
quite popular, but where I start with one voice and I change and go and mm -hmm. talk about the whole range of it. But for example, a lot of people think um, there's like one voice of a guy that I actually know and our daughters used to play together and such. And we frequented a, a restaurant uh, quite often together and we've worked together is Toby McGuire. And so Toby's voice I've been asked to do on several occasions and everybody thinks I can do it, but I can't, he's got a really unique tone and it falls in this one place. You know, I, I, so we all kind of have that falsetto zone and then our mm -hmm. regular voice and it's the in-between part that you can't get to naturally is pretty much where his voice falls for me. So it's hard. I've faked my way through a few lines as Spider-Man for some trailers back uh, when he was doing Spider-Man, but, um, I never thought it sounded like him enough and everybody else was like, Oh, it's fine. I'm like, ah, that doesn't sound like, him. <laughs> but, uh, and I didn't tell him, but, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but, and then after that, I got to do Andrew Garfield's voice for the Spider-Man stuff for the trailers and things, which was fun. So, wow. but now, yeah. And I've been Spider-Man on, on many occasions as well in video games. So yeah. it's good to be all my favorite superheroes. You've been, every, you've yeah, been everybody. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Flash and Spider-Man are were growing up. Flash and Spider-Man were my favorites, and I've got to be both of them in Lego versions and regular versions. And so that's it. Doesn't get much better than that. It's, you just got to feel like a kid every day you go into the studio, right? Yeah, pretty much. You do. <laughs> You're just uh, always having a, a fun time. It's a yeah. lot of work too. I think that's the one thing. It always sounds mm -hmm. silly for voice actors to go, "Oh, hey man, this is a lot of work we yeah. do." But <laughs> I always I, I will say to people. Um, yeah, like I've, I've recently, it's finished. I've been doing physical therapy for, uh, uh, I hurt my arm and, uh, mm. you'll, you'll never believe this is like, Oh, cry me a river, James. I hurt my arm from doing signings at conventions <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and shaking hands. Yeah. But I was telling the physical therapist, she goes, well, so how hard is that really to do that stuff? I said, imagine going into a room and screaming at the top of your lungs and yeah. yelling at somebody uh, for two hours yeah. straight or four hours straight. And, and people go, Oh, okay. Yeah. That could be kind of exhausting. So, <laughs> you know, that's not every day granted, but, um, some stuff is very easy, but other stuff can be that, you know, if you're doing a video game, it's the most intense work and you can lose your voice. You can, uh, sure. you can throw a neck muscle out, you know, you can, you can damage yourself if you're not careful. So you do have to kind of, you know, train for what you do. And I train the way a singer would train and I warm up and cool down my voice the same way a singer would. And so, uh, it's, it's important to know all that stuff if you want to get into voice acting. Absolutely. Yeah. We've had a lot of other voice actors on the, on the show and they've, they've all yeah. said the same thing, you know, like, especially with games, you know, they say, yeah. you know, like a game is about five times as long as a movie and yep. you've got to do, okay, you're going to do a scream. Now do the same scream 10 different times because we're, we <laughs> yeah. can't have the same scream every time a player does something. So it's got to be all exactly these different variations. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the biggest thing that can screw your voice up or make you lose your voice is screaming dialogue. Yeah. So if I have to go, oh, you're falling off a, a you know, rooftop, it's, whoa! Okay. I can do that because it's almost like singing a note. But if I have to go get to the chopper, get to the chin, you know, all those yeah. things over and over yeah. again. That's how you lose your voice. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, um, but mm -hmm. I think Ratchet and Obi-Wan are probably the two characters you've done the most. Was that true? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly, yes, yes. So yeah. 
my question is, if you had to go back and choose to do only one or the other, which one would you choose? Oh, oh nobody's ever asked me that before. That's it. Everybody, everybody's always like, oh, who's your favorite? And I go, well, I can't choose favorites. Which one of your children would you kill is what I'm asking yeah, right yeah, exactly. now. <laughs> but now you're asking that. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> um, man, well... Uh, here I'll be I'll be diplomatic since I'm not voicing any Obi Wan Kenobi anymore, uh, <laughs> but am you know hopefully still voicing some Ratchet yeah. stuff. No, um, don't burn any bridges. That's that's impossible to answer. It really is. They both have been such amazing characters to voice, and such an honor to voice them both, and so different from each other, not just in character but in what they've brought to my career and to my life and uh, to happiness in my life. Um, they're both wonderful characters. I just, I'm passionate about both of them. Obi-Wan Kenobi, what an honor to play this character and to play him in a way that again, you know, just like with Jay Baruchel, I've voiced more Obi-Wan than any other actor, mm -hmm. uh, more than mm -hmm. Ewan McGregor has, or uh, got to play him more than anybody and in more intimate detail than anybody else, thanks to the Clone Wars. And what a great honor. And then Ratchet is just, neat because even though I was not the first actor to play him, there was uh, another actor that played him in the very first Ratchet and Clank game. That was my uh, dear friend of mine, Mikey Kelly, and Mikey was great. Um, but they uh, decided to go a different direction for the rest of the games and they replaced him with me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> even though he's not my original character, he's still the most original to me. In other words, because Ratchet is just my regular voice. Yeah. So if you're I mean, you know, I'm, I kind of, I change it a little. It's kind of in here. It's more a refined version of my voice. When I'm talking to you guys now, I'm letting my voice go wherever it goes and it does whatever. But if I'm ratchet, I'm going to stay pretty much in this place right here. Okay. You know, this is the, yeah. the spot. And of course, if I'm doing Obi-Wan, you know, he gets to stay in this place and, and he's changed so much too. I've been able to kind of make him my own when George Lucas was kind enough to say to all of us, these are your characters now. Make them your own. Do yeah, what you right. would with them. Uh, you're like, wow, that's fantastic. And so what an honor. So, gosh, I can't. <laughs> I won't I make you. It's okay. It, I won't but, make you. But see what it well, did? It made me talk about both of them. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you mentioned what, when you do Ratchet, it is almost like your own voice. Is it strange for you when you go in the booth and you have to do Ratchet? Like, is it really hard for you to keep it as Ratchet or is it so you're a professional? You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great question because uh, so often it's like, well, how would uh, this character say that? How would that right. character, how would Fred say that? How would Obi-Wan say that? And now it's like, how would James say that? Oh, Oh, okay. That's fun. So I have fun with it. I really, I enjoy that aspect of Ratchet that he's just me. And he's, right. he's kind of, um, it, it's funny, you know, I mentioned a bit about like, you know, my father issues and stuff, uh, playing Ratchet and playing Tidus, uh, from Final Fantasy X, both of these characters, um, very similar to me and very similar stories and such. And so I just relate to them and I really enjoy playing uh, characters like that because it's so different from my other work, which I love. I love the character work, like the leader on Hulk and the agents of smash and uh, Avengers and stuff like playing a bad guy like that, which is so different from my voice. It's the leader. I will get you a Hulk and you agents of smash. <laughs> you know, he's just like the classic bad guy. So, um, or uh, Cosmo and Yondu on guardians of the galaxy, which has just been great to do. Uh, those they're so different. So to get to play characters that resemble me or that act right. the way I would act, that's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah, I I saw you a couple times last year at Star Wars weekends, um, oh. and I, I 
brought, made it a point because I was there with my daughter and she's obsessed with Star Wars. So we, we went to oh. see both of the, the one man show, which is, you know, the truncated oh, version you. of talking to myself. And yeah, it was also a rebel. We were there on when I think it was Tia Sakara was there. So we, we Oh, we great. Um, are you hopeful that they're going to bring back that programming in some fashion? I mean, I know that they said last year was sort of it, but like once Star Wars land is open, like, because that was, you were, did that for five years, six years. I, I did the event for seven years. I hosted it for five years. Okay. And yes, I really, uh, I really hope they do because I think that it means something to the fans. I think it's really special that they're building Star Wars land. I think it's going to be fantastic for everybody to immerse themselves in Star Wars. But I think it's also a necessity to celebrate that at least once a year with the actors and the performers that have lived and breathed the world of Star Wars and to be able to give people those opportunities to interact with them in the way that is so unique to Star Wars weekends, even more unique than Star Wars Celebration, which I've been honored to host that as well. Uh, and hope that, uh, you know, all you folks listening, tell the folks on uh, Celebration on Twitter, <laughs> the at SW Celebration, tell them that you want James Arnold Taylor back <laughs> as the host in Orlando. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I hope they bring it back in some way, shape or form, but you know, who knows, it's going to take them a long time yeah. to build this land right. too. So I felt like star Wars weekends was actually the perfect thing to do while so they're building it, it fills, yeah. to fill the it void. Fills the yeah, void. They, yeah, exactly. Right. So I don't know, you know, I mean, obviously there's people that are smarter than me planning all these <laughs> things and they all have thoughts and, and, and goals for it. But, uh, I would love it if they brought it back. It was such an, a, a wonderful event. It was a yearly thing for me and my family. We have so many close friends now from Disney World that we made, you know, yeah. going there. So, you know, I live out here in, in Hollywood and I would go to Florida to Disney Hollywood Studios for six weeks out of the year wow. and stay there the whole time. It was uh, it was quite an experience. And, you know, you do that for seven years in a row. Mm -hmm. You start to miss it. My daughter, who's 11, grew up going sure. you know the first uh, seven years of her life there or whatever uh, well not seven you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. seven years of her life yeah. yeah and up until now and so yeah i hope they bring it back it was it was a wonderful event and yeah. i'm glad you got to see it oh i i you know we didn't know it was the last year when we went so i'm really happy yeah. that we got to go and got to experience so much of it mm -hmm. it was a great event it was great we that was great that time. was one of the hardest things was i um I kind of knew that it probably mm. was. And so uh, that was the toughest part. So, you know, on the last nights, because you were there the first week then, if you saw Tia. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the last week we had Frank Oz there yeah. and all this wonderful stuff. And, and yeah, whew, it's yeah. tough. Uh, yeah, you're going to get me choked up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Are you, still, are you still performing your show, talking to myself? I will be performing my show uh, this on September 3rd at Salt Lake City Comic Con. And uh, this will be its the entire show in its entirety, uh, which is a good 70 minutes. Um, it, I can go up to 90 if I really get to talking, but uh, mm -hmm. no. um, usually it'll be about a 60, 70 minute show. And that's going to be at Salt Lake City Comic Con uh, on September 3rd. And I am, uh, you know, I have not announced this anywhere yet, so I will announce it with you guys. Um, that show is going to be uh, the last time I perform most of the material in that show. Oh, so I'm wow. going, I'm going to retire most of the bits and things, and I'm reworking the show into a whole new show, and uh, that centers more around voiceover specifically, less around Star Wars. Okay. Um, 
Makes and, sense. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's lots of uh, lots of rights involved with doing these things and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I just really um, use it as a tool to educate people and to tell my story and to inspire people about voiceover and, and pursuing their own dreams and goals. So, um, yeah, so I am going to uh, retire a lot of my stuff like uh, Jerry Seinfeld years yeah. ago, retired his stand-up I comedy. Remember that, yeah. 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 I'm telling you for the last time. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah. So if any of your listeners, uh, viewers are going to be there, go see it because it's the last time you're going to see some of that material. Wow. Um, talking about star Wars, this will be our last question, but talking about star Wars, yeah. I, mean, I know it's, um, it's not immediately relevant to what you're doing now, but there's, I mean, you're still a fan. It's, you know, it's part, yep. of, it's part of who you are, I'm sure. With all sure. the Star Wars films, shows, books, everything that's coming down the pike, <laughs> is there anything that you're most looking forward to? Um, gosh, uh, I would really, honestly, love for them to do an Obi Wan uh, standalone. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that's more deserved than a Han Solo one, personally, just mm. because we know Han Solo, we know his story, we know he was a scoundrel before, and mm. it's really hard because. Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Exactly. <laughs> God bless the the young man that's going to play him. He's great. I thought he was great in um, in the Coen Brothers movie that he did and such. He's a talented actor, but I, you know, Ewan McGregor's still <laughs> kicking, and I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. I would love. I would love, love to see a film version of the book Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. Yeah. I thought it was such a perfect um, story. And I know that they've said it's not canon now or whatever. It should be because it's it's such a great description of what his life was on Tatooine, I feel. And um, I would love that. Yeah. I, that that would make me happy. Um, you know, uh, I know everybody's excited about Rogue One. Everybody's excited about the next um, uh, what chapter of uh, chapter episode eight Mm -hmm. and uh, i was very fortunate to be in episode seven and to provide voices in it i hope i can do more of that you know because that was so much fun thanks to matt wood the genius sound designer and voice of general grievous and all the battle droids uh Mm -hmm. he brought in all of our clone wars cast i had told him that from the beginning i said oh matt once they announced they were making a movie i said matt you've got to get the clone wars cast in there to do adr he's like i know i know i know (laughs) don't worry about it and so we were so blessed to be able to go in and, and do voices in that. And, uh, it's opened a whole new avenue for people uh, yeah. when they collect signatures now. It's like, oh, oh sure. <laughs> uh, First Order Trooper, you <laughs> rebel scum. You know, it's like, I got to be that. There's some great stuff. You guys, of course, have seen Force Awakens. And yeah. there's that yeah. moment where those two stormtroopers are walking in as Kylo Ren is having a fit. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. turn around real quickly. Matt Lanter, the voice of Anakin Skywalker on Clone Wars, and myself actually did some voices for that scene and they they didn't make it to the final cut of the movie uh-huh. but we did some like guys doing chatter about you know do you see those new 1700s yeah those looking good but uh, <laughs> i think we better go back this way you know i gotta do something over here so we were just it, it was great so i wish that made it to the film but yeah. uh, oh, that would have been great was that all ad-libbed or was it scripted it was, yeah, it was ad libbed. Yeah, we just uh, <laughs> usually when you go in and you do walla, what they call walla for a movie or looping, um, you go in and you watch it. So that was the crazy part. I got to see the movie back in October. I think it was October twenty third of last year. They showed us pretty much the whole movie. It was in black and white though, and oh, wow. uh, the sound was down, but we got to see it, and that was like, it was disturbing and wonderful <laughs> at the same time because. 
you go, oh my gosh, I don't want to see this. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. I want to see it like with everybody else. But it was fun, and it was great to be all these various characters in the movie, and to you know have your name in the credits. It's it's a piece of history. Yes, it is. James, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Absolutely. Oh, amazing. thank you, thank, thank you, you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, please, anytime, uh, we'll do it again. Excellent. Well, that's it for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. I think that bringing back Star Wars Weekends would be a really cool idea, even if it's not in the same shape that it was in before, because yeah. we're going to have this brand new land that can really ramp it up. And Well, I never understood why they said it was over anyway, because they right. like they gutted Hollywood Studios, basically, mm-hmm. and they're building these you know huge Star Wars land. They're building the Toy Story land. But there's not a whole lot there right now you know i mean they've they've removed so much and now i don't i mean they're they're re-theming the tower of terror so that's gotta go down for a little while so they can right redo it to be guardians of the galaxy so i mean there's not much there aside from star tours now and like it just makes sense to have this annual event that has already proven to be incredibly popular right and it's a big lead up to when the land finally opens right like exactly and you could do some sort of like a sneak preview of what the land is going to be like have some sort of a temporary you know exhibit showing you some of the rides or theming themed areas or Mm -hmm. restaurants or whatever you know that that you can only see if you go to the star wars weekends like why don't they hire us to figure this I stuff out? I don't know. Out? Why don't I they don't just know what Disney's thinking? Like, what are on. they thinking? They need to hire us to be Imagineers. <laughs> they really do. Really? Just we the, should I- be. the idea men. PR yeah. guys. I could just sit behind yeah. a desk and say, go do this, because I can't do it. We'll, get, we'll make other people deliver on our delusional ideas. That's right. <laughs> I like it. Yes. We need John Boyega in, at the entrance of Star Wars Land. Yeah, perfect. He needs to be... Just you know, welcoming, welcoming people everybody. in costume yeah. as Finn, right? Exactly. That's as what he needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming back to our podcast week after week. And we have a cool announcement. If, you, if, any, if you're still listening, <laughs> our show is now available on YouTube. Only 90-some episodes in, we realized, hey, YouTube is a thing. Yes. People might listen there. And we're not – like, I'm going to – it's going to be a task to get them all up. So I'm going to be going through and – maybe picking some of our favorites. And if you have any suggestions what we should throw up on YouTube, let me know and I'll get it up there. And I'm going to be going through and just, you know, picking and choosing and we'll see which episodes were our most popular and put them up on there. To be clear, ultimately they all will be there. Yes. Ultimately they all will. And I don't, at which point you're, at which point you're listening to this, it may have already been out for a few <laughs> you weeks. You might already so, all be there. You might, so, you might be listening to this on YouTube and thinking that we're crazy yes. right now. What are you guys talking about? This is how I found you. <laughs> but as of today, on the record date, we have opened our YouTube channel and we will be uploading. And so go subscribe. How yes. do they, where, where do they find it? Well, it's yeah, that's the funny thing. We, we need 100 subscribers to be able to get like a YouTube.com slash whatever. Oh. So right now it's like YouTube.com slash C H Z question mark. <laughs> okay, no. I mean? like, so we're just, not going to do, do a, that. Just do a search. <laughs> so we will we will maybe include them on the post. If yeah, we, I'll include I'll include a link to it. Yeah, just like I include everything else on the Geek Dad post. Right, and you can subscribe there, and then you can just listen to it while you're at work. Don't get any work done. Just listen to us. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Destroying so, productivity one week at a time. <laughs> that's our goal. End all productivity. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for coming back. We will see you next week. I'm Justin at 140 Justin C. I'm Jamie at the Roarbots. And this is the Great Big Beautiful Podcast, if you don't remember. 
Just so you know. If they don't remember, they must be Dory. Yeah. Take care, guys. <laughs> All right. See you next week. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.